For those of you who've been walking with us since the summer months, I've been in this preaching series entitled The Drama of Discipleship. And we've talked about family matters, talked about good times, we've talked last Sunday about insecure. Today I want to preach soul food. Lord bless your word, bless your preacher, give us ears to hear, remove every distraction, barrier, obstacle, so we might hear from you. Your words, my mouth, in Jesus' name, amen. When we hear the term and think of soul food, we tend to think of culinary cuisine created by black folk in these United States of America. When we think of soul food, we tend to think of the foods that were created by our mothers and fathers and that are now celebrated all across our world. When we hear the term and think of soul food, we think of smothered pork chops, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, fried chicken, shrimp and grits, cornbread dressing, candied yams, oxtails, red beans and rice, fried catfish, sweet potato pie, nana pudding, and the list goes on. I wish I had a witness on this Lord's Day morning. When we think of soul food, we think of the foods we grew up on at Big Mama's house, Papa's house, where we gathered as a people to fellowship, have fun, and enjoy food for the soul. For the purpose of this sermonic presentation and exchange between past and people, when I speak of soul food through the preaching of this particular message, I'm not talking about collard greens and the food that some of us are going to prepare now that I mentioned it. But I'm referring to soul food as the Word of God. For those of us who are knowledgeable of Scripture, we know on more than one occasion, Jesus himself and other writers, Peter in 1 Timothy, 
The author of Hebrews have referred to the word of God as nourishment that is good for our soul and spirit. According to Jesus, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God the Father. For those of us who've been walking with God for more than a few days, we know that the Word of God is food for the soul. The Word of God is food for the soul. If we are going to describe anything as soul food, we ought to describe the Word of God as soul food. According to this text, during the reign of Josiah in the nation of Judah, Hilkiah the high priest and the people of Judah have rediscovered the word of God that has been lost in the house of God. For years, for some reason, the word of God has been lost in the house of God. Hear what I say, watch chapel. The text says that the word of God has been lost in the house of God in the midst of the people of God. It's a dangerous thing, watch chapel, for the word of God to be lost in the house of God in the midst of the people of God. We don't know how they were doing ministry, how they were living, what foundation they were preaching upon, what they were using to teach, what they were using to guide, direct, and govern community life. But it's always dangerous for the Word of God to be missing in the house of God. And Watch Chapel, we ought to take this as a parenthetical lesson to never let the Word of God become lost, neglected, dismissed, disregarded, or put on the back burner in the house of God. Rather, the Word of God should be celebrated, lifted, obeyed in the house of God by the people of God. According to this text, the people of God, according to 2 Kings 22, are now rediscovering the Word of God. And having rediscovered the Word of God, the people of God are now treating the Word of God like soul food. And like the people of God then treated the word of God like soul food. I preach this message to encourage everyone who has gathered on this Lord's Day morning to treat the word of God like food for our souls. Those of us who have been walking with God, who are saved and comprehend what it means to be followers of God, ought to treat the Word of God like food for our souls. There ought not be a day that goes by where we, not, we don't spend time digesting, comprehending, and participating in intake of the Word of God. The Word of God ought to be food for the soul. 
I preach this to challenge every man and woman, every believer to embrace the word of God as soul food or food for the soul. And while the word of God ought to be digested and comprehended and we ought to engage in regular participation by ingesting the word of God, tragically, watch chapel, the word of God, the Bible, Genesis to Revelation is being neglected, disregarded, and put on the back burner for other stuff that we sometimes treat as soul food. Let me challenge and bless somebody on this Lord's Day morning, lest we equate and create a false equivalency between the Word of God and other stuff that we consume. The lyrics of Shorty Red and Little Baby are not soul food. Go on, preach, Pastor. If that ain't your generation, the lyrics of the OJs and the Isley brothers ain't soul food either. What is on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and ESPN is not soul food. What Miss Cleo said or the local palm reader says is not soul food. Sentimentality, reason, logic, or what the majority opinion says is not soul food. What the beehive says and what the OJ said is not soul food. Ain't nobody saying amen this morning. I must be talking good up in here. Uh, superstition. Customs, traditions that have been passed down from generation to generation is not soul food. <clears throat> Zodiac signs, astrology, and political correctness is not soul food. But the word of God, thy word shall be a lamp unto my feet a light unto my pathway, milk when you are a baby, meat when you are grown, y'all help me preaching here, is soul food and food for the soul. I, I wish I could preach about it and talk about it the way I want to. Y'all uh, allow me to just uh, let be led by the Holy Spirit. We ought not equate superstition with soul food. We ought not equate, y'all ain't talking to me up in here, we ought not equate the zodiac sign, the month you were born, under what Chinese moon you were born. I need to be with an Aquarius because I'm a Leo. I, I need to be with a Libra. Because, no, you need a man that's saved. You need a woman that's saved with whom you are equally yoked. Don't wear red to a funeral and all this foolish. Don't have a red wedding, all this foolishness. No, you need a wedding where the folk love Jesus, love God, and you love each other. Can I make somebody, can, let me just preach this, amen. Uh, 
it's a shame sometimes that folk in the body of Christ who've been saved or professed to be saved for years, no more superstition, no more astrology, no more what the palm reader says than we can quote the word of God. It's a sin and a shame that we can quote tradition, we can quote custom, we can quote what somebody said, more than we can quote the word of God. Yet according to this text, let me preach this, amen. The people of God have rediscovered the word of God in the house of God. They are now treating the word of God like soul food. And I preach this to encourage everybody to no longer create equivalencies between other stuff and the word of God. And from this day forward, I challenge everybody to treat the word of God like soul food. And can I preach this to somebody who says, I don't have have time. No, we got time if we make time. If we got time, amen, for ESPN. We got time for James in the New Testament. If we got time for the Standard and Poor and the Stock Index, we got time for the Proverbs in the Old Testament. If we got time, amen, y'all ain't talking to me, to scroll on Instagram, see the latest videos on TikTok. We got time for Timothy and Titus in the New Testament. If we got time to watch the 12 o'clock news, the 6 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news. Y'all ain't talking to me. We got time to spend time in Genesis, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the words of Barbara White, who might be watching time, you got time for what you want to do. And, and, and if the word of God is really food for the soul, We'll make time for soul food because soul food, I'm not talking about McDonald's and Burger King. I ain't talking about Shake Shack and churches. I'm talking about soul food that'll stick to your ribs. Soul food that raised our mothers and fathers. Soul food is food for the soul. What happens? When you spend time engaging and digesting soul food, when we spend time digesting soul food, watch chapel, there is conviction from God. We don't like to hear about conviction because all of us think we are right all the time. And if we're wrong, it's a rare incident. They wrong, but I ain't wrong. But as we read this Old Testament narrative, watch chapel, the text says that as Hilkiah rediscovers the word of God in the house of God, they take it to a woman of God by the name of Huldah who interprets the word of God for the people of God who misunderstand what God is saying. The text says that when he hears Josiah becomes convicted about what the word of God says because Josiah discovers they have not been living up to the high holy standards of Almighty God. Can I preach this? 
And watch chapel, whenever we spend time in the Word of God, the Word of God lets us know who we are, what we ought to do, but it also convicts us concerning what we are not doing. None of us who have spent time in the Word of God can leave the presence of God's Word without some degree of conviction. Help me preach this. And if you are not convicted by the Word of God, you are a dangerous person. Because anybody who spends time, anybody who's saved, anybody who is filled with some iota of the Holy Ghost ought to respond to what God is saying in his word. And as God is communicating to us what God wants for us, who we are, what God expects of us, there ought to be some degree of conviction concerning what I have not done, who I'm not, who I ought to be, and how I have missed the mark. For those of us who are really saved and comprehend what God is doing in our lives, we acknowledge and admit that on a daily basis, we miss the mark. And whenever we spend time in the presence of God, reading the word of God, there ought to be conviction. Can I preach this? In a few moments, we are about to partake of the Lord's Supper, not as a rote routine, but as a spiritual act where we commemorate and celebrate what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, we don't do it just promiscuously, but we ought to do it in such a way that we experience conviction from the Holy Ghost lest we partake of the body and blood. Help me preach this in an unworthy manner. Can I preach this? And if you are seeking to grow in your walk with God and we are seeking to be all that God calls us to be, there ought to be conviction by way of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. I've not said everything I ought to say. I've not done everything I should have done. I've not gone everywhere I should have gone. I've not lived up to God's calling in my life. God calls me to be the head, not the tail. God says I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. God says I'm more than a conqueror. Yet I've not lived up to everything that God says I am. A few years ago, prominent citizen in these United States held the Bible up all crooked. Backwards, crooked, cockeyed. Somebody asked him a question, do you spend time reading the word? And he became Scooby-Doo. And he said, if you spend time reading the Word of God, then you ought to feel some conviction. The reporter had some Holy Ghost in him. He said, well, I, if, if, well if, if you read the Word of God, there ought to be some conviction. There ought to be some confession. Well, I, I've done nothing that I feel a need to confess. Dangerous. Scary. Almost demonic. But you could say you open the word of God, but then you see nothing in scripture that's 
stands as a mirror that says, I've done everything right. Can I preach this? Whenever the Word of God is soulful to us, the Word of God convicts us. Can I preach this? So we might be corrected. Not only is there conviction, Watch Chapel, whenever we spend time in the Word and treat the Word of God as soul food, we develop the courage to change. Conviction is not for the purpose of making you feel bad. It's not shame. It's not guilt. It's not condemnation. But whenever we are convicted concerning who we are not, what we have not done, how we have missed the mark, how we've been outside the bounds, how we've colored outside the lines, it is for the purpose of change. And if you read the entire chapter of chapter 22, and chapter 23, once Josiah and the people of God treat the word of God as soul food, Josiah and the people of Judah have developed the courage to change. Can I preach this? And watch chapel. Whenever we spend time in the word of God and treat the word of God as soul food, we are convicted by the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, but we also ought to develop the courage to change. One of the misnomers that we say sometimes in the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, I don't like change. I've been pastoring 25 years, and I never comprehend how people of God who believe in repentance, ought to believe in repentance, which means change, have the audacity and unmitigated goal to say, I don't like change. The gospel is a gospel of change. You can't be in the presence of Almighty God and stay the same. Can I preach this? I said you can't spend time with God and not be encouraged to change. You can't read the word of God. You can't lift holy hands in worship on the Lord's Day morning. You can't get on your knees in prayer and dialogue with God and not be encouraged to change. Once we treat the word of God as soul food, we ought to develop the courage to change. And in all of our lives, there are areas and issues in life where God is calling us to change. Where we are cynical, God is calling us to be optimistic. Where we are negative, God is calling us to be positive. Where we are indifferent, God is calling us to be care. God, when we are mean, God is calling us to be kind. Can I keep calling the role? Where we are ungrateful, God is calling us to be grateful and thankful. Where we are depressed and discouraged, God is calling us to lift up our heads so we might see the king of glory. Where we are missing the mark, God is calling us to live up to our high and holy calling. Where we come and sleep on Sunday morning, God is calling us to be full engaged participants in the worship celebration there's always a call to change can I preach up in here 
And the question is, what is not God calling them to do, but where is God calling me to change? If I had time, I could keep calling the role where I've been cheap, God is calling me to be generous. Where I've been a know-it-all, God is calling me to have humble pie. Where God is calling me to change in some area of my life. When I'm a regular participant of soul food, God calls me to change. God convicts me. But not just conviction, not just a call to change. But when I become a regular partaker of soul food, I will celebrate the character of God. As Josiah hears the interpretation of Holder, the woman of God, Holder says, because you have been repentant, because you have humbled yourself, because you have been responsive to the word of God that you have rediscovered in the house of God, desolation and destruction is going to come to this place, but you will not see it. It's going to come, but it won't come in your lifetime because you have been convicted and you have responded to the call to change. It's going to happen, but it won't happen on your watch. And Josiah and the people of God watch chapel because they have responded to the word of God are now convicted by the word. They receive a call to change, but they are celebrating the character of almighty God because they have discovered, watch chapel, here where I'm going, the mercy of God. Let me preach this the way I feel like closing right now. When we talk about the goodness of God, we often talk about the grace of Almighty God. The grace of God is when you and I receive what we do not deserve. And that's one area we ought to celebrate because all of us are here because of the grace of Almighty God. I wish I had a witness in here who knew about the grace of God. You have some stuff that you don't deserve. And God opens God's hand and gives us things we don't deserve. But there's also something to be celebrated, not just the grace of God, but the mercy of God. The mercy of God is when you and I deserve some stuff, but God holds it back. And we don't get everything we deserve. Grace is when I get what I don't deserve, but mercy is when I don't get what I do deserve. Do I have anybody here who can thank God for the character of Almighty God, in particular the mercy of God? Anybody deserve to be in jail, but God had mercy? You deserve to be in divorce court, but God had mercy. You deserve some stuff, but you never received it because God had mercy. You deserve death, but God had mercy on you. Anybody testify, I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his goodness. I thank him for being a way maker. I thank him for being a healer. But I thank God for being merciful. God had mercy on me.
God had mercy on my soul. I deserve death, hell, and the grave, but God has mercy. Somebody ought to thank God for the mercy of God. You didn't get everything you deserve. I didn't get everything I deserve. You know where you've been. You know what you deserve. You know the stuff you done did. But thank God for mercy. So when you thank God this morning, you ought to thank God not just for what you have, but you ought to thank God for what you don't have. Can anybody thank God for what you don't have? Y'all ain't talking to me. I, I dare you to praise God for what you don't have that you should have. You should have this, but you don't. You should have that, but you don't. Just thank God for what you don't have. Hallelujah. 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 I dare you to create a list when you go home. God, I, I, I thank you for your mercy. I'm glad that for what I don't have that I could and should have. But because you've been merciful. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the real folk in here. I could have an addiction, but thank God. I could have a felony on my record, but I could have, come on now, so some of y'all ain't got it till I start to specify it. I could have points on my driving record, but I talked about soul food. You talked all the pig feet we done ate. Smothered pork. I could have hypertension, but... I've been in North Carolina 17 years. Corn, liquor, y'all ain't talking to me, but... Somebody said moonshine. He's, he's, he's supposed to call it that. He's a corn liquor. Soul food. Let me help somebody. There are studies that talk about the more time you spend in the Word of God, the more it impacts your attitude, your perspective. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You, I encourage you to spend time before you go to bed tonight, get in the Word. When you wake up tomorrow, get in the Word. Start in Psalms, start in Proverbs, start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Changes your perspective. You watch W-R-A-L. 
Come on, y'all ain't talking to me. Pookie man done got shot. Ray Ray stabbed somebody. You on the phone, so-and-so died. So-and-so got diagnosed, got rushed to the hospital. We get bombarded by bad news. Come on now, I'm talking to somebody here. You need something that's going to be soul food. That's going to lift your head up. Say, if God could do it then, then the same God can do it. If God can change Josiah and God can change Judah, maybe God can change Wake County. Y'all ain't talking to me. If, if God could use Saul and change him into Paul, if God could use, come on now, I'm, I'm in the book now. There's somebody this morning, my brothers, my sisters, you, you're here. The word of God has been preached calling somebody to become a follower of Jesus, becoming a member of the church. You're not saved. You don't have a church home. You're not saved. I invite you to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking to you, my sister, my brother. You're not saved. I want you to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. You are saved, but you don't have a church home. Today's the day for you to... Here's a young lady coming right now. Amen. Come right down, says. Have a seat right here on the front row. Amen. Maybe somebody else. You want to accept Christ. You want to unite with Watch Chapel. This Lord's Day morning. You want to accept Jesus as your Savior. You want to become a member of the Watch Chapel Church family. Is there another this morning? My sister, my brother. You've been a regular visitor, but today's the day to become a dis Today's the day to accept Jesus. Today's the day to unite with the church. I'm speaking to you, my sister, my brother. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Our deacons and associate ministers are coming. She can wait right there. We're about to partake of the Lord's Supper, this holy meal. In the words of Paul, we do so reverently as partakers of this holy meal. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to lift your name. We thank you for the word of God that is food for our souls. We thank you, God, for this young lady who has come to unite with Watch Chapel. We thank you for your word. We thank you for every act of worship. 
We pray now as we partake of this holy meal that we do so reverently, that we do so obediently in the spirit of gratitude for what you did for us over 2,000 years ago. We confess every sin to you by thought, word, and deed, by omission and commission. We thank you for your sacrifice. We love and appreciate you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Are there any baptized believers who have not received the elements? If so, please raise your hand so we might serve you. he was betrayed when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me and we do likewise in the same way he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this and often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and we do likewise. People of God said amen. 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 Watch Chapel, I want to introduce you to our newest disciple, Sister Sophia Pearson who comes to us on her Christian experience. Let's give the Lord a hand, praise. Sister Pearson, we're glad that you've made this decision to unite with Watch Chapel. Sister Tanya will be one of your first friends here in church life. We have a new Disciples Orientation Fellowship that we want you to complete. Those classes, those sessions will introduce you to who we are, let you know what we expect from you as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. They also be a refresher on the basics of Christian living. We have something to give you. One, two, three. We love you. Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand praise for Sister Pearson. You can follow. You want to go get go get all your stuff. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Brother Richard, to make sure you don't get lost. Amen. All right. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. People of God said amen. 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 amen.